Dominion Fire 360 is on, my churchies. Welcome, Million here with you, M-I-L-L-I-A-N, your ministry provocateur, iconoclast, firebrand, and the resident heretic here at Dominion Fire. Joining me on the phone today by way of Boise, Idaho, in that general area, is a person that describes herself as a recovered psych patient, but also a minister, something called a certified brain health coach, peer support specialist, and is going to discuss uh, quite a few things with us today from a little bit of a different angle, which is super fascinating. And we connected up on Facebook recently. And uh, we're going to just jump right into this because I'm, I'm super excited. Aspen Morrow is joining us today. Aspen, welcome to Dominion Fire 360. How are you today? I am great. How are you? Thanks for having me on the show today. All right. I'm super excited. Now, um, before we jump in, let's get a little about you so everybody knows um, kind of your background. So tell us your background, your experience, and break down some of those uh, titles and things that I just mentioned. Yeah, sure. So my history is I went to a Baptist college to become an international journalist and full-time missionary. And that long thing short, I got disqualified my senior year after literally, you know, student loans to become a missionary uh, with a nervous breakdown and diagnosis of bipolar my senior year of college. Um, They took me into the deans, said, I'm sorry, you're no longer qualified for our missions program. But um, so you can fast forward. I had many years of suffering, had some natural cures come into my life, and I've now been uh, stable for 15 years. And the only times I've had anything act up has been spiritually related and not psych related. So about five years ago, I wrote, um, I started helping people and started researching for my book. Um, The book is called Med Free Bipolar. It's an international bestseller. And I got some kind of credentials. When people say what credentials I say, I say I really don't have any. I'm a recovered psych patient, and I just like to help people with what helped me. So uh, I can, as a minister, I can do some spiritual counseling, biblical-based counseling, and family counseling to, um, you know, meet the state's uh, approval of separation of church and state. And then some of the listeners may have heard of Dr. Amen. Dr. Amen has done about 100,000 brain scans. And I went through training with him as a certified brain health coach, and that's been fascinating. I do brain testing in my office and worldwide, and we pinpoint what area of the brain is acting up, and then we know what to match it with as far as natural remedies. You walk into a supplement store, there's millions of options. We really want to figure out what your brain is wanting to help it recover so there's my creds, <laughs> more, more street creds than anything else. <laughs> and, you know, it's interesting, too, because uh, lately with some of my ministry content that I've been putting out, I've been trying to express to people that sometimes we get tunnel vision about how we think about certain things and that there's times where we need to think more circular Hebrewish than linear Greek logic kind of thinking. And mm-hmm. when we do that, we have to sometimes hit things from a different direction. Now, as we're talking about some of these things, people may be saying, well, I'm only in divine healing. I don't want to know about any like nutrition and supplements and so on and so forth. 
But I use an example a lot of times in healing ministry where we talk about a person that has a headache and they'll say, well, pray for this headache. It won't go away. And you pray and it stops and it comes back and it stops and it keeps going back and forth. Well, you find out after the fact that they were dehydrated. It was a really hot day. They're out in the garden working. They need to drink some water and the headache goes away. So it's not that anything is not working or is not, you know, against God or anything, but sometimes there's more to the story that you have to maybe consider. And, you know, part of that is maturity and wisdom that as you get into this. And I know a lot of times with certain things like nutrients or just taking care of your body, I mean, don't drink water for a couple of days. It gets ugly. So you know, it's something as simple <laughs> as that. So we, the reason we're sort of doing this interview, listeners, is because I just want to give you some other things to think about as we transition into this. Now, Aspen, you, in your practice and in, in the work that you do, you come across a lot of, obviously, alternate natural medicine, but you also come across a lot of new age people too. So how is that generally received with you being a minister and how, like, how, how do you interact with, with people that, uh, that are of that belief? Well, here in this area, I've been networking and online for over 10 years. And so most of my ministry was not in the church. So I was, you know, networking and business networking, international organizations, leads group type things. And so all the alternative practitioners are drawn to me and my work in mental health. And so they also are drawn to that safe space. For example, one of my clients, uh, she's a nurse and she works in the ER and she is on medication for depression and a couple other things. But what she can't tell her psychiatrist is that she also sees people's auras she sees people coming into the emergency room um, where their their lights are they're just their light. The light that they carry is going out. And she can prioritize care in the emergency room based on that. And so these are some of the stories that some of my new age clients give me who, you know, have awakened their third eye or are a secular seer. Um, I believe there's a big difference between your third eye and the eyes of your heart, which is a whole other topic. But for example, she's a Wiccan and she's into witchcraft and a lot of other things. And I have, I don't have judgment for her in that space. She needs a place where she can be honest and, you know, we can find out, does she want it to go away or not go away? If she tells that to her psychiatrist, they're going to up her meds. So there needs to be space in the mental health community for supernatural experiences. And even within the divine healing, I incorporate, I'm a, I'm a healer. I incorporate Holy Spirit healing. I ask to pray for my clients and some of them are instantly healed from sleep, from migraines, from all kinds of brain disorders. The brain is kind of my mandate that the Lord has given me. The brain is my mandate. It's what I've walked through. It's what I've overcome. Um, and, I, you know, so I absolutely believe in inner healing, uh, deliverance healing, hands-on healing. And, um, but also, the Lord has taught me some amazing lessons on how you need to fortify the body and the soul and the spirit. Because if the body has unlocked doors and windows, a lot of times the spiritual just crawls right back in. 
And most people have not kind of been um, just had a revelation on how I can actually cast out demons of a person by strengthening the body with vitamin C, with minerals, or it can be cast out. But if, you know, the body is weak, a lot of times it just comes back. But if you fortify your mind and renew your mind, there's so much that (laughs) can be improved. And I really use that holistic approach that um, deliverance. I mean, I had, and sometimes I just know, like the Lord will give me discernment when I'm dealing with a client that this teenager I mean, and he's even, you know, full sentences. This teenager's rage is related to the violent video game. He has had some demonic, violent spirits attach. It is not ADHD. And I just get discernment. If I don't get discernment, I can still help that kid anyway, because I know what to do for that. Because if I fortify, if I get him on some nutrients, a lot of times the demons leave because they just, they want to pick on weaker prey. It's like that, you know, the enemy is a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. And he wants to devour the weakened prey, the woman who's just given birth, who's depleted nutritionally, the child who's (laughs) having um, fruit loops for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. It's just sometimes easier for them to control someone who is weak. And that's unfortunately what, you know, today's topic is really more about yoga and could yoga cause mental illness? We could go in so many directions with this, but kind of drilling into that, just going back for a second, what you were talking about when you dealing with uh, like Wiccans and people in witchcraft, what I find is fascinating is that they are already playing around with the spiritual realm. And a lot of times when they get saved and flip teams and come over to Jesus, they're immensely powerful in like healing and stuff like that because they already know how to work in the spirit realm. And so they've just, you know, become authorized to do it the right way now. (laughs) And uh, so I just find it interesting that there's, you know, it's a shame it has to come that way, but I'm glad it does, you know. And you were saying earlier that when we were talking off air that, even from a young age, you were already kind of functioning in that. You were had like a seer ability, like a visual discernment kind of thing. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, well, I, it actually goes back to what you just said. So I was initiated by my grandfather. Um, I don't want to really get into the details, but basically he, you know, kind of, you know, where if you, you do a, a blood oath and you prick your finger, my grandfather was a high-level mason, and he collected my blood at the age of two. At the age of two, when this happened, my mother found out later, I suffered from horrible night terrors. I had dreams of, of snakes coming up out of a pit, chasing me up the stairs, running me down the hallway, and me jumping out a window to a suicidal death at the age of two. And I remember it. This isn't like something that my parents told me about. It was so impressionable that I can give you detailed layouts of the house that I shouldn't even be able to remember. I had demonic night terrors from the moment my grandfather initiated me into an occult and at a very young age. Well, my grandmother on the other 
genealogy. So this was my dad's dad. My other grandmother was a tongue-speaking, praying, probably prophetess. I mean, she is just amazing. And she was praying for my parents and my salvation. At the age of three, she led me to the Lord. Now, what three-year-old knows they're in need of a savior? (laughs) A three-year-old who's been tormented by night terrors every night for a year. So I was saved at age three. I remember it. I remember where I was sitting. I remember saying the Lord's Prayer. And I remember um, getting somewhat relief from those dreams. But it was at that age that my mom first looked back. And probably around that three, three to five age, my parents were saved. And they came back from a marriage encounter weekend where they had just gotten saved. You typically don't even get saved at a marriage encounter weekend, but mine did. And I looked up at my mom and I said, Mom, why do you have a light above your head now? (laughs) And she said, a light? And I said, yeah, you have like a light. And I'm, you know, kind of making this circle movement around my head. And she's like, I still don't know what you mean, Aspen. And she's like, and I said, you have a light like the angels, like the angels do. And she said, you mean a halo? And I said, yeah, oh, that's it. You have a halo now. And I just turned back to playing with my friends and, you know, didn't say much else about it. But my mom reminds me of several things where I, I said, I saw demons. I saw different things growing up. It just wasn't talked about. I don't remember, you know, a lot of instances, but I always just either felt things when I came into a room or saw things that other people didn't see. It's kind of a weird child. (laughs) It's uh, unfortunate because what I think happens with a lot of people with mental illness or mental diagnoses that they have, a lot of them are operating in the spirit, not necessarily aware that they're operating in the spirit. And because science and biology and medicine don't really have a grid for that, as you said earlier, they up your dose, send you on your way, give you a lollipop on the way out the door, and that's how that works. And then you're on, you know, psychotropic meds, and then you're in a whole new category, especially children. It becomes a huge mess, as you were saying. So it's sort of unfortunate. And I think you were sort of alluding to the fact that as you grew up, that started factoring into that. Is that correct? Yeah, it did. Um, I I look back at even the time that I was diagnosed, and I had just spent a year in Japan, and I had been touring temples and even, you know, just for cultural fun, going through some of the ceremonial practices, um, you know, like washing your hands with the, the dedicated water in a well outside of a temple. And you wonder, sometimes you participate in something innocently, but it's it's not innocent in the spiritual realm. It's making <laughs> vows or different things. And so I came, it was when I came back from spending a year abroad that I found myself in the psych ward and for two weeks and I was diagnosed. And so looking back at even some of that, was it mental illness or was it spiritual? And I don't know. I mean, I think the symptoms were spot on. The diagnosis of symptoms was spot on, but there may have been some causes that I couldn't see at the time. Uh, That happened again in 2011. 
I was, I had been well, I had been on my natural remedies. I considered myself completely recovered in remission for mental illness and out of the blue symptoms started to return. And we talked about this a little bit earlier. This is where I started to get involved in yoga and some other modalities that I was researching for my book. I thought my book was going to be, you know, this nice review of all the amazing things that were available in alternative treatment. And instead, I found myself um, demonized. My children started having night terrors. My husband, who doesn't see anything, he was seeing um, demons. Like he'd come up out of a sleep from a nap and he was like swatting away demons. Like, and he just thought maybe it was a bad dream. But the timing was really interesting. So I talk about this more in my book, but it all came to a head. One evening when I really thought this was mental illness, I was filled with rage and all kinds of things. I mean, it was, it was definitely in my mind, a bipolar episode and it got so bad. I wanted to sling myself out the window, just like in my dream as a child. And I went in the bathroom. I look in the mirror and my eyes are black Well, that doesn't sound like mental illness. And then I'm trying to find the, um, where I wrote about the account, but I went back across the bedroom and I knelt down in child's pose and all of a sudden my eyes went black and I couldn't see or hear anything. And that freaked me out because Psychosis doesn't do that. It doesn't blind you physically. I could not see the hands in front of my face. And so I was really not walking with the Lord closely during this time. I had really been quite mad at him, honestly, for about 10 years. And I knew I was saved. Like, I just knew. Like, that. I just, I don't know how to explain it. You know, some people believe you can lose your salvation. I just knew I was saved, but I knew I didn't have a relationship But in that moment, I instinctively was like, God, Jesus, Jesus, help me. And instantly I saw in the physical, this black stuff, this wispy, gooey, black stuff come out of my eyes and disappear into the ceiling. And then I was transported into a vision. And that vision was amazing. I mean, Jesus was there he said, I died just for you. But it was really a vision um, a couple of weeks later that I want to mention. And that was um, for over a week, the spirit realm, I rededicated my life to the Lord and the spiritual realm just opened. I mean, I saw demons masquerading as angels. I saw all kinds of things. And... Um, sometimes three hours where I could see demons in the natural, (laughs) not even just like an open vision or mind's eye type thing. But I asked the Lord to show me what had opened doors to me being demonized to my children's night terrors. As soon as I was delivered, everything else in the house stopped. It was like it was all kicked out at once. 
My husband had peace again. My children stopped having night terrors. And when I asked the Lord to show me what had opened the door, he took me into an open vision and I saw myself sitting on the floor of my yoga class at the YMCA. And it was non-spiritual. I went with no (laughs) intention to worship idols or practice Eastern mysticism or yoga. Um, I just went, I just went for stretching and relaxation, but in my vision, I could see myself as I was a couple months prior, same mat, same clothes, but it was like I was looking down on the room from above. And as I sat on the mat, a Batman signal like light emanated from the top of my head, like literally a Batman signal went up into the atmosphere. And then I heard the Lord speak to my heart and he said, yoga is bodily worship of idols and it yokes you to spirits seeking worship. At that moment in the vision, I saw that the poses I was doing on the mat were like a form of homage, a form of (laughs) deity um, communion. They were respect. They were bowing to them. They were just, they, they carried meaning that I never would have saw coming. And that's when I saw those dark wisps of spirits who sought to be worshipped and signaled to them in the spirit that I was open. They were entering my mind through the top of my head. And of course, I saw all this months after the fact, but it was like I was seeing back in time the things that I couldn't see while I was in that room. Cause I didn't see anything like that when I was, you know, in the yoga class, <laughs> the Lord opened my eye, my spiritual eyes to see what had happened to open those doors in my home. So that's, I, and the, that's when I started doing a little bit more research for my book. And it turns out that what's frustrating <laughs> from even perspective that most of my research was not done. Um, you know, sometimes you research, what do other believers say about this? I love going to secular sources, um, not necessarily, you know, new age texts, but Carl Jung is the founder. He's one of the fathers of analytical psychology, and he was a renowned psychiatrist, but he also studied Eastern and Western philosophies. And should I read what he says about yoga and mental illness? It's a paragraph, but so it says one often, remember this is a, this is a secular source warning people. One often hears and reads about the dangers of yoga, particularly the ill-reputed Kundalini yoga, the deliberately induced psychotic state, which in certain unstable individuals might easily lead to a real psychosis is a danger that needs to be taken very seriously indeed. These things really are dangerous and ought not to be meddled with in our typically Western way. It is a meddling with fate, which strikes at the very roots of human existence and can let loose a flood of sufferings, which no sane person ever dreamed. These sufferings correspond to the hellish torments 
of the Chonyid state. He says that in his book, Introduction to the Tibetan Book of the Dead. He also talks about his own experience and (laughs) um, yogis in general actually warn that yoga practice can endanger one's sanity. Um, Another man called Gopi Krishna records in his own experience, it was variable for many years, painful, obsessive. I have passed through almost all the stages of mediumistic, psychotic, and other types of mind. For some time, I was hovering between sanity and insanity. Oh, boy. (laughs) That is heavy stuff. (laughs) That is pretty heavy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm still sitting here. I'm I'm in my head going over the Carl Jung thing, and I'm like, wow, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, these, I don't know if the are, if these aren't Christians warning you; these are yogis warning you. Yeah, and now, um, what was the that yogi's name again? And what was the writing? Do you have that available? Yeah, so Carl Jung wrote the Tibetan Book of the Dead, um, which is a, a lot of yoga instructors and people who are into that have read that book. Um, the other one was Gopi Krishna, who's a um, Kundalini expert. And um, another one is a more recent source, um, actually within, the, within just the last five years. And she's an experienced meditator, a New Age medita- meditator. And she writes that when her Kundalini energy awakened, I started seeing snakes everywhere. On TV, newspapers, I heard conversations about snakes and even dreamed about them. And then she said, I started even fearing that I would not be able to remain sane. So that's all great. That's great. But most Christians are like, I'm not a yogi. I'm not a meditator. I just want to go stretch. I just want some good exercise. I just want this. I'm not going to worship. I'm not going to bow down. My intention is pure. I know who my savior is. But can I like the you, one where I'll think about Jesus while I do these poses. I like that one too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, every time they raise their hands, I'm raising them to the Lord. Okay, so <laughs> here's a, <laughs> a really good yep. story about these territorial spirits. Okay, so for example, that yoga room, that's their territory. And I recently watched a a YouTuber, um, I think it's Out of the Darkness, and she was talking about her son, who she went to pick up from Sunday school class, and he had a complete personality switch. She knew it was not even her child, that kind of drastic. After a Sunday school class, (laughs) she asked the Holy Spirit, what is going on with my son? And she got a word. And I apologize, I meant to actually go make some notes and rewatch the video and get the word, but it was a Hindu deity that for meditation. And she's like, how in the world did my son pick up a Hindu deity uh, spirit from Sunday school class, <laughs> right? That's what all of us are thinking. She found out that the, the church that they were going to was renting the school the Sunday school was in the gym. The gym had been doing meditation with the children. That territorial spirit, there might have been another open door, I don't know, but that territorial spirit 
went home with that little boy that day just because he was in the building. And I don't claim to know, you know, if there was some other legal rights that, or I don't call them necessarily legal rights, but some other um, elements of some kind going some on. Some other right? permissions, right. Some other permissions or claims that that spirit felt it had to that child. But I guarantee you, if you have anything in your genealogy or bloodline or other access points, just I believe, and this is, you know, this is based on my vision and my experience and where I know my heart was, I believe showing up in the room is permission. And I won't do it. I won't give permission again. I know what you're saying about YMCA, because when I, I go there as well, and when I pass by, you know, I see him doing yoga and me, I walk up, I lay my hands on the wall and I say, I curse every spirit in here to leave in Jesus name. I command everybody in this room to be miserable and want to never come back to this class. You know, I go off. So it's interesting because when you say about entering the room, I enter the room ready to start kicking some tailpipe. And, you know, other people are just completely unaware. So I guess, you know, a part of that is how you approach it and maybe kind of your intention with it or you know, I, I try to like with my son, for instance, and why I hate yoga so much is uh, last year in my son's school, they as part of their dance class, they did a yoga class, which, you know, he's completely innocent. He had no clue, but I went ballistic through the roof. And so we we prayed against it and all that stuff. And, you know, not ne one time doesn't necessarily mean you're infected up or anything. You know, like you're saying, there's a lot of elements at play. And so now we talked about it since last year, and now he is ready to go on the rampage. As soon as somebody brings up yoga, he goes off about what he calls idols, you know, idols. He calls them idols. And he goes off on praying to, to Satan gods, and he, he goes nuts with it. And it's like, all right, I trained this kid well. <laughs> and and his final statement at school is, not doing it, sorry, talk to my dad. And that, that's his punctuation for everything. <laughs> so yeah. so there's, a, there's an element, like you were saying, about fortifying your body and your spirit. You know, I think that that's the mind part of it is mentally being ready that if it comes up, uh, -uh I ain't having it and, you know, fighting that part of it off, too. So that's a, that listeners, that's a factor in is that as well. So make sure everywhere you go, you're carrying your full Holy Spirit right there in your mind that it's right in the forefront and you're ready to go kick some butt whenever it shows up. And uh, with that, Aspen, what I'd like to ask you is, is that when you kind of operate in the seer ability or if that something comes to you. If you're at the YMCA or somewhere and there's people doing yoga class or there's someone in a park doing the poses, do you see anything? What do you get from it? Kind of what, what's what's registering on your dials at that time? Well, I've heard, you know, a lot of people's seer gifts are, are very different. A lot of times mine are um, times that I engage with the kingdom or then I really see, you know, um, or more of the time, it's all the times in the first six, seven years, they were only things that God wanted me to see. Like he, they were all, I didn't know how to activate or um, sanctify my imagination or any of those things that, that we teach. So I want to preface it with that. I believe everyone who's a believer has permission to see in the spirit that they can, um, we can, you know, we could even do a whole program on how to activate the fear gift, how to sanctify your imagination. I believe we all have permission to see, just like we should all prophesy. I do think there's a difference between the gift of prophecy and the, you know, seat of a prophet. Just like I also believe there are 
um, people who can see and then people who sit in a seer position. So when I see, it's most of the time, it's something God wants to show me. And it's more epic. Like, I don't know what the other word for. A lot of times it's full blown open vision or seeing in the natural or seeing on my, um, the screen of my imagination. And a lot of times I don't seem to control it. So I know people who are like, well, I can just look in the spirit. And sometimes I can, I just sometimes say, well, let me see if, you know, God will show me in the spirit or I get discernment. So a lot of times I feel and or see and or smell. Um, I also feel things on my hands. Like a lot of times my hands are, it's almost like I can feel myself holding something, although I'm not holding something in my hand. So when I'm around um, Reiki, for example, or yoga, or see people participating, my spirit literally bristles. It feels like I turn into like a little porcupine (laughs) And if I were a cat, I just would hiss at them because I'd be like, because <laughs> it really does bristle me. I haven't seen any like actual spirits since that time that the, God took me in the spirit and showed me. Um, but I definitely will sometimes even get sick to my stomach. Uh, I'm participating in a, a Christian symposium and they are going to have holy yoga there. Um, I don't know as much about holy yoga as I should, but from what I do know, I think that just the poses and the names were changed. I don't feel like you can take a a pose that uh, your other program you did on yoga, oh my goodness, it was exceptional because it really went into depth on how the, the fish pose is paying homage to a deity And how even, you know, if you do a side bend, if you just do a side bend, it's a side bend. But you do a side bend in a yoga class, it's now homage to a crescent moon god. If you are taking, just imagine, you want to redeem yoga. You're like, I want to take this back for the kingdom. And all you do is keep doing the poses, but change the name of them. I don't think God's really happy with idol worship where you just change the name of the idol. This is kind of our opinion sometimes, but some of it is that discernment. I just am like, as soon as I heard, you know, just the names that were changed, I'm like, sorry, still bowing down. I mean, I know that's not people's intention a lot of times, but I don't think intention matters because I have had like a Reiki treatment from the most kind hearted person whose intention was good. Their intention was to heal most of my new age friends and practitioners and um, intuitives, I do not get services from them, but I am friends with them and I love them and I know their heart and their heart and their intent is good. But that doesn't mean that the spirit guide hanging out with them isn't completely deceiving them. And that spirit guide that channels Reiki energy through the practitioner the practitioner has very little to do with the power behind it. And so I feel like when we're participating in something, we are not, even as a seer, I'm not always aware of the power behind it. So what chance do a lot of us have if we don't, even with the Holy Spirit, even with the Holy Spirit, we don't always have perfect discernment, even carrying the gift of discernment. 
Yeah, it's a lot of interference that the enemy throws at us, which, you know, our mind gets in the way of and like snares, like anything else that he leaves out. And we just go further into them as we get away from it. And you know, what's interesting to me in this case is that, you know, New Age, which you know it's really nothing new about. It. It's the same old recycled crap they've been trying for thousands of years. But whatever, we'll we'll call it, you know, New Age. And um, the whole premise of it, which even tracing it back way back to the Babylonian stuff, however far you want to go. What does it ultimately come down to? And what I would tell you is, is that it's making yourself the center being your own God. You're in control of everything. In essence, you're being your own God. And what I find discernment wise, and I mentioned this on the live feed was that I noticed that like if I take my son to school, there's a lot of moms that drop off in the morning and you can just sort of tell who does yoga. It's like I could pick right up on it. And it's one of those things I'm just I have an awareness for it and I've been kind of on the rampage against it. So I'm sensitized to it. Now, I could tell that some people they do yoga. I could pick them right out. There's other people you can tell that are very new aged heavy with yoga and manifesting and all this abundant you hear certain keywords you hear them throw out a lot. And I think to myself, what is it? What am I seeing here? And what Holy Spirit told me about it was, he said, it's a, it's a spirit of superiority because when you make yourself your own God, you need other people to lord over. And that's why they get that about, well, I know better than you, and this is why my health is better, and I look better. And there's some sort of element, which I haven't fully unpacked yet, but there's something there in and of that. So it's very interesting to me that when you talk about you know discernment coming in different ways, to me it just comes as like thoughts and ideas and stuff that I just process through. So listeners, when it comes to your discernment, remember you got three realms: you got a physical, a, a mental, you got a spiritual, and you got five senses to work in each. You got a matrix of fifteen possible tools to deal with here. So it can all be done, and it can all come together. You got to start paying attention to this, and that's uh, and like Aspen, you had a. Uh, sort of early experience with it. But as you say, it's something that you, you know, and what's it in, um, I forget, we, I read I read the, the scripture where it says you have to exercise your ability to know the difference between good and bad. I'm forgetting where it falls right now, but you guys look it up. And um, it, would you agree it's one of the things you kind of have to stay on and keep practicing and keep working with? And, you know, I we, we don't want to use the word intentional, but you know what I'm saying? You got to stay at it, right? Yeah. And one of my biggest questions to people is like, why? If there's so much controversy, would you, do you really feel like you would get defensive and argumentative and, and insistent in participating in something that even calls to light these kind of controversies? But I see it all the time. You know, oh, when yeah, I, came, when I came out of yoga class, my, even my son commented on how relaxed and happy I seemed after class. But according to Pervy, she's a um, amazing former yoga yogi master. Um, she's all over YouTube. Uh, spirits entering the body in participation with yoga will actually chemically alter the system, even making someone feel high as if on a drug. And it's a false peace. It's one that comes with a high price. You know, some of these people pride themselves in being healthy, but we have seen overall, and even in my brain health clinic, that people who do practice yoga typically end up with all kinds of weird, weird symptoms, autoimmune, mental illness, 
uh, anxiety, panic attacks for the first time where they did not have a propensity to mental illness, um, and sometimes even only participating in one or two classes. It, these are not, you know, people who have been in yoga for 10, 20 years. These are people who went to check it out and leave with a symptom, sometimes either shortly after or within weeks, months, um, and long-term it doesn't seem to really get those results. Um, you know, science has proven it's good for you physically, but um, Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, brothers and sisters, in view of all we have shared about God's compassion, I encourage you to offer your bodies as living sacrifices dedicated to God and pleasing to Him. This kind of worship is appropriate for you. Don't become like people of this world. Instead, change the way you think, then you will always be able to determine what God really wants, what is good, pleasing, and perfect. I don't believe that to God, yoga and its history is good, pleasing, and perfect. One of the comments on that thread that we had going on Facebook was talking about yoga in India. It is about animal sacrifice, bloodshed. Um, homage to the, this murderous, grotesque history of these gods. And if you really go to India, you will not want anything to do with yoga. So why do we think we can meddle and separate out the spiritual from the physical um, when we don't need to? I mean, why not do ballet or ballroom dancing, or I love rebounding. Rebounding 10 minutes a day is worth hours of lots of other exercise, which is just jumping on a mini trampoline. So if there's a hundred different options, why are people so up in arms about yoga? I believe it's addictive. And I believe that a lot of the Christians I've dealt with, they have those spirits that have attached and get really defensive. If you, um, do anything. I mean, I, my, my, you, you saw when my blog came out, yoga and mental health, and my mom shared it with one of her girlfriends in her Christian singles group. And the girl was about ready to unfriend my mom after a several year friendship over her just sharing the article. <laughs> you know, she's, my mom just wanted her opinion and the woman got so angry it's it's a hot topic. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. That's why I say there's that it's a superiority kind of thing, which I can't fully explain or pay or place where it is. But there's definitely something to it. And um, it, it's a it's using that discernment. It's a good way to use just a simple secular physical discernment. Hey, you shouldn't do yoga. Watch their response and then you'll know kind of where they stand. So <laughs> it's a very interesting thing to follow. Right. So right. let's uh, pivoting away from this. Now, so if somebody's into this, let's say somebody that's listening maybe is kind of disagreeing with us, hating us, typing us hate mail, which is cool. We'll take it. But let's <laughs> say that there's something going on, which may be a symptom is all I'm saying. But it, let's say there are symptoms going on and something's happening. What should somebody do at this point? Let's say maybe they're learning about this for the first time or noticing some of these things that you're talking about that are starting to happen now. Somebody's in, in the mess here. Step one is obviously stop doing yoga. Number two, where do we go from here? What do you say? I like to point to some resources that I've found really helpful in my life. I think podcasts like this are invaluable. 
um, BrideMinistries.com has some great deliverance prayers that you can go to their free prayer resources. There's also another great website called SearsC.com. And Douglas Overmeyer wrote a book uh, that's phenomenal. It's called Peace in Your House, Spiritual Cleansing of Life and Land. And the first thing that I would do, even before going to these resources, is be to turn. You know, repentance is turning away. So you turn away from any practices, even if that, you know, you don't feel like you necessarily did anything wrong. But Jesus said, forgive them. They know not what they do. So I, one of the the steps that the Lord taught me when I was dealing with some unconfessed sin was I needed to recognize it. And I needed to confess. I needed to repent. And then I needed to clean house. So that's really what the Lord taught me was to repent, confess, turn away, and then clean house. You may have brought some stuff home with you inadvertently, not on purpose. And so um, that's a really good book on how to clean house and not in like a exorcism type way or burning sage. Some of the things that people do to try and clean house <laughs> I know, it's crazy. make it worse because <laughs> we don't know. So the good news is, is that like you say, things things like these, these spiritual elements will be happy to latch on to you and happy to basically use you as their altar to do whatever trading and things they wish to do, which is, you know, that's how that's what they do. And you do say, well, I'm a Christian. This can't happen. No, you know, deliverance is specifically for Christians if you really want to get into it. <laughs> so it's pretty much. Yeah, it's it's for you. And it's nothing to be ashamed of either, because every single one of us have all had something we've gone through, still go through, still fighting. It's normal. And it's something that we have to help each other with as opposed to be afraid of or ashamed of or judge each other through. So we got to get through this. And the only way we're getting through it is together, because clearly the world doesn't get this. So, Aspen, what I'd like to ask you at this point, and maybe we can kind of uh, both take a turn at this one, I'd like to maybe do a quick prayer for our listening audience. And what I'd like to pray for is uh, revelation, that if there's something going on, if there's something that maybe God wants them to know about the yoga that they've done or any of these other practices, that they get some sort of revelation or truth or something shows on the surface, something stirs up a little bit that kind of shows them that, okay, I need to make a change. Is, is that something you'd be comfortable praying for? Absolutely. Yeah. And I okay. uh, would love to kind of maybe even do a recap of um, an add a prayer on uh, godspsychiatry.blog where people could go and get that prayer too, specifically for yoga. That would, um, I have two blogs on that, this topic of yoga and mental health. So, um, we can find that prayer up shortly on that blog. Um, but so one of the things I'm going to pray specifically for, because it happened to me, um, I, I saw this alternative practitioner and I felt like I actually had a veil lowered in my mind. And my discernment from that moment on was actually not my own. I, was kind of persistent in uh, seeking more and more of this type of alternative care, if you will. So I believe someone laid hands on me 
and I actually had a veil lowered. What was so interesting about when this happened is it was physical and spiritual. And I literally passed out behind the wheel of my car briefly. And as I felt like I was pushing back against this shroud of, uh, I don't know, like it basically shrouded my discernment. And so when we pray, I'd love to just pray that if anyone's, you know, feeling defensive, because I was very defensive. I insisted on going back to this woman, even after I passed out from her massage. (laughs) And my husband said no, and I went anyway, and I usually trust his discernment. So a lot of times, if someone is listening and they just, they feel like they're just really rebellious to this information, it might help to just really pray that, you know, the that any scales or veils or mind blinds would be removed in the name of Jesus. So if that I preface that because, you know, I want them to know why I'm saying that <laughs> when you pray. And, okay, we'll get into it. All right, let's hit this thing. Go for it. Take us to the amen. <laughs> All right, Abba Daddy, we just love you, Lord. We just enter your courts with praise, and we just want to step into your throne room right now. In the name of Jesus, covered in the blood of the Lamb, we just part the go through that veil that you torn and just be washed in the blood of the Lamb, just be renewed. And we just come to your throne because we just need mercy and grace. And we just want to be uh, cleansed. We want to repent for anything that we have done willingly, wittingly, or unwittingly, Lord. We just um, confess our sins. We repent. And we just want you to flood our lives, our soul, and our spirit with the seven colors of the spirits of God and just flood our home. Just fill us with your light and your love and your peace and your joy. And thank you for your forgiveness that was bought at the cross. And we just renounce any participation uh, with worship of idols, with this mysticism, with anything that could have been allowed in. And we just rebuke it in the name of Jesus. We declare that this house is a temple of the Holy Spirit only. And we kick out anything that has come in like a thief to still kill and destroy the inheritance that we have as a child of God. Amen. Excellent. And in all Add on to that with right now, in Jesus' name, everyone within the sound of my voice, right now, we're going to take a moment and I release the Holy Spirit around you in excess. More than ever, more than you have currently, I'm amplifying it up around you right now as just an atmosphere around you of revelation. And in that space around you, in that Holy Spirit, in that surrounding around you right now, I release the power to neutralize any effects of any new age practice or yoga or anything whatsoever that may have tried to attach on, attack, harm, seduce, anything whatsoever. In Jesus' name, I neutralize any of the enemy's forces around you. In Jesus' name, I speak right now that if you've done any of these things, that I do not speak condemnation or shame or guilt or anything to you, I speak truth to you. And I ask right now that Holy Spirit reveal truth about any practice that you have any question about whatsoever and what you are susceptible to within any of those. I ask right now for Holy Spirit to show you any weaknesses, any holes, anything that needs 
repair, anything that needs to be addressed, anything that needs repentance, anything in your mind, body, spirit, soul, blood, DNA from front to back, anything that needs to be worked on to keep yourself strong and fortified so that the enemy will not bother with you. I release revelation around you. I release right now that any spirits that are operating on you, in you, around you, in combination with anything, I command them to be bound up right now and neutralized until you are able to deal with them and officially kick everything out. I ask right now, Holy Spirit, show anybody that's dealing with anything right now full discernment in the way that's going to be best for them, that what they need to do, how they need to do it, and most importantly, I rebuke fear off of anybody that gets anything to not be afraid but to be emboldened and empowered and full of confidence to handle it, take it on, and deal with this. Be done with it, out of your life, healed, set free, once and for all, right now, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And we just ask, you know, we just speak and decree and declare that from this day forward, the eyes of your heart are going to be opened and more aware, and that that discernment is going to be heightened because you have everything in you that you need. and. This is spoken in love, and we just want to wrap you up in that um, hug from Jesus. And there is no condemnation. There is only so much more grace and freedom walking free of these bondages than you can even imagine. We just love setting captives free, don't we? (laughs) Yeah, it's a battle, no doubt about it. Now, Aspen, if people would like to uh, maybe track you down, see any of your work, uh, speak to you, contact you, ask some further questions, what's the best way to contact you or to get a hold of you? I usually make them go through at least one step before they get my cell number, um, just, I even have my cell number in my book. People just don't know that's what it is, but, uh, you can find my uh, book med free bipolar on Amazon. And I have a little ebook called eat weird, be normal. And then I have uh, GodPsychiatry.blog, And that's where I have my coaching practice and, um, things like that, but I do deliverance and inner healing and, and nutritional, brain consulting. So we're going to throw everything we have at this. <laughs> Let's throw the <laughs> and, kitchen sink, whatever all... it takes. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's, and I, I have a statement of faith on there too, just in case anyone, you know, I've, I've actually been called a new ager myself, but I do talk about yoga and crystals and a few other things that <laughs> could be in that camp. You're on our team, right? Is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So listeners, there you have it. Um, A little bit into a little more into yoga and some of the um, additional effects it would it will cause. Make sure you go back and listen to our interview called What's the Matter with Yoga with Karina Kraft, where she goes in super detail about the various poses and what they were for and what they caused and her personal deliverance experience, which um, this is kind of dovetailing together in these two things. So make sure you do check that out when you get a chance. And uh, if you have any further questions, you want to share any of your experiences or anything whatsoever, make sure you email us at uh, go to dominionfire.com and use the contact format. That's probably the best way. Everything's at dominionfire.com. Make sure you subscribe to our uh, podcast. This is Dominion Fire 360 at soundcloud.com forward slash Dominion Fire 360. The Heal the Sick podcast, which is on dominionfire.com and iTunes as well. And YouTube.com forward slash Dominion Fire Church. Make sure you subscribe, hit the thumbs up, leave some comments, 
break that shadow ban that they're trying against us, which ain't working, but you could try it. You know, they could try anyway, but make sure you help us out with that. And uh, for Aspen Morrow joining us today for a fascinating discussion, this is Million wrapping up here for Dominion Fire. And uh, we'll see you next time. Any questions, send them our way. And if you also, before I close, if you want Aspen to talk on any other of these other topics in the future, definitely email us and let us know. So we'll go from there. Thanks for being here, guys. Go, uh, go get them. Go take yoga out of your schools and out of your life. And let's win this thing for the kingdom. Boom goes Yeshua. And we'll see you next time.